Hello world, we are the Ladies of Nerditude. My name's Francine. I'm Jill. And today we are greeting you from a very Sherlocky atmosphere. Yes. Um, I my sister-in-law a couple of years ago, hi Jazz, thank you so much, bought me some awesome book candles from an Etsy shop called From the Page. <laughs> Uh, this one is 221B Baker Street. It is black currant tea and leather books, and it smells so good. It smells delightful. I feel like I should be studying something right now. Well, we are. Well, yeah. We're in a very, you know. I should be solving a mystery right now, is yes. what I should say. Yeah. <laughs> it smells very nice, and uh, I feel like it put me in a Sherlock mood. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That and Benedict Cumberbatch. Well, I mean. So. <laughs> when you can't have it all, just have the candle. It's true. <laughs> Um, but today we are talking about Sherlock, the BBC series. Mm-hmm. We'll probably also touch a little bit on some of the other Sherlocky interpretations, but uh, this is the main one that we're going to be talking about because the fourth and potentially last season? Potentially. We don't know, question mark? I was reading that Benedict Cumberbatch has signed for season five. That would be so amazing. But, I mean, nothing's confirmed yet. He's busy with Marvel. Mm. I don't see that Martin Freeman signed up. I yeah. don't know. Basically, we'll all be 70 by the time it comes out. I don't know. Out. I feel like, I mean, we're going to get into it, but I feel like the final problem was a good place to kind of end yeah. it. I mean, it had final in the title. Also that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Just saying. But we know from the history of the books... Arthur Conan Doyle killed Sherlock off and then brought him back. So anything is possible. Oh, Arthur. (laughs) Anything can happen, basically. But if you have not watched series four of Sherlock, which is the one that was just on in January. Spoilers. Stop now. Spoilers. Um, There's a lot to go over and a lot to cover. And the fourth season was crazy pants. So... We will definitely be discussing it, and there will certainly be spoilers. Oh, yeah. Just a warning. Okay, so turn back now. Here be Smaug-like dragons. (laughs) Did you see what I did there? I did. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Wearing scarves. Right, wearing scarves. (laughs) And hobbits and the whole thing, Um, because it's basically the best. Yeah. So that's what we're going to be talking about. We have four seasons, four series, because it's British. Yeah. Every series to cover, plus the Christmas special. So all in all, 13 episodes, actually. How I know. Like, creepy. <laughs> so creepy. So um, shall we start with, where do you want to start? Do you Gosh, feel like you I don't even start? know. Like, There's so much to talk about. Okay, so I went back and I started to... Rewatch the series because, I mean, okay, it started in 2010. I know. It's been years. Literal it's, years. So in the course of seven years, <sighs> they got 13 we got episodes. 13 episodes. So, <laughs> I, but in going back and watching the first series, I was, I, I really loved it again because I don't know. It just, uh, they were all so young and cute. Yeah. And also, I, I forgot like, just how good it was right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you're hooked right from A Study in Pink, which is the first episode. Yes. Yeah, so maybe start there, I okay. guess. I don't... I have so many feels, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I actually... I think we should back up a little bit and talk okay. about the, like, 
background of the show Ooh, yes. a tiny bit yes, yes, yes. Um, because that all happened before the show was actually filmed before they ever did anything excellent call. that we saw so let's start there um two of my most favorite and most hated british <laughs> story people uh started this crazy ride right mark gatiss and uh steven moffat mm-hmm. are the masterminds they are the moriarty's behind <laughs> The reboot of Sherlock. Um, And they actually know each other from Doctor Who. There's so many Doctor Who connections to Sherlock that it's insane. Which I had no idea about until you were telling me about it like a couple minutes ago. And I was like, what? It's crazy. So they were both writers on the show at various points and like did. And then, you know, Moffat became the showrunner and has since left as the showrunner. But he's still involved with Doctor Who. So they actually realized they were both huge Sherlock Holmes nerds while taking the train between London and Cardiff for Doctor Who and then decided that like this should blossom itself into a TV series. Nerds unite. Genius, right? I love that story of them like finding a mutual nerditude and then being like, let's put our powers together and just make something awesome. Totally. So cool. So right from the jump, they're... They were huge Sherlock nerds, so it's not like they are faking all of the love that they have. Well, just like all the Easter eggs that are hidden mm-hmm. throughout the series. Yeah. You would only <laughs> catch them if you are a huge Sherlock nerd. Mm-hmm. So kudos, because there was some that I, I went back and I kind of cheated and I Googled those like Sherlock Easter eggs. <laughs> And some of them I caught and other ones I was like, oh, that, wait, mm-hmm. what? I didn't had no idea. So, yeah, they They're are not faking it. Basically evil geniuses. Yeah. <laughs> but it's cool how they mix the books with the films and, like, all of the different interpretations mm-hmm. and the different versions of the story that we see. Um, and, like, they love the Basil Rathbone yeah. Sherlock. He's, like, their favorite. So there's so much of that era of Sherlock like injected into the show it's kind of awesome I love that about them they're so nerdy and it's it makes my heart happy even though they're evil I don't know (laughs) why I never connected that Mark I I say it differently I don't know if I'm saying it wrong Gatiss my he says it Gatiss in the Mark Gatiss okay I had no idea that he was Mycroft until I mean how long did I watch this damn show and not realize that he was playing Mycroft I just yeah Obviously, I'm not Sherlock, so. (laughs) Well, it's not normal to have someone who's the creator of the show be, like, a main character. Yeah, he's not even, like, a, I mean, he's a side character, but he's big enough of a character that you wouldn't expect. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's also one of the writers. Oh. Yeah. Cool. It's not like a Joss, like, putting himself in the alternate dimension as, like, the the green guy that does the The dance, dance. you know? Like, it wasn't like that. It was... A main character with lines and like a story and who drives the story forward a lot of times very strange for him to cast himself he does a great job he is a wonderful mycroft and it makes for some very interesting moments where like his own characters are screaming at him and mad at him or like trying to shoot him it's very surreal i wonder how he thinks about that when he's writing like well this time i want molly to pull a gun on me that would be hilarious (laughs) so weird um but it it does make for a very unique telling of the stories 
I mean, we do see Sherlock removed in time, which mm-hmm. is really cool. I like their update of him. I don't think it would have been as entertaining if it was set in the 1800s. Agree. I mean, I probably still would have watched it, but I don't think I would be as into it as mm-hmm. I am now that he's got a cell phone instead of a pocket watch and like all these things. I don't know. I can't really put my finger on like what it adds to it, but I guess he makes him as relatable as he could be for me to understand. (laughs) Totally. And I think it's clever that Watson has a blog Mm -hmm. instead of a journal. That was so clever. I loved it. Yeah. And then that explains how he gets more cases and, and all these things. Oh my gosh. It's, Everything that they thought of to update it was so perfectly done. Mm -hmm. I agree. And it coming out around the same time as like other interpretations of Sherlock. We were talking about how House is sort of a loose interpretation of Sherlock, which which it definitely is. I never connected that. Um, And I think you you have to have watched like the whole thing to really see it. Yeah, I gave up. Sorry. Yeah. It came the most, like, became the most obvious to me at the end of House when they are driving. No spoilers for the end of House, but if you watch that last, like, the road trip episodes towards the end, you really can, like, feel Mm -hmm. the Sherlockiness of it at that point, I think, most obviously. Um, But then you also had the Robert Downey Jr. Jude Law Sherlock, which was around the same time. I mean, was it already public domain at that point? Because I'm just wondering, like... I think so. Maybe that year it became public domain and that's why everybody was making all this stuff. I was just curious. Yeah. No, I don't know when it became public domain, but it was definitely odd timing because I think the first Sherlock movie was like 09 and the first series of Sherlock, the TV show was 2010. Yeah. Very close together. Yeah. I remember even at the time I was like, well, that's kind of weird that Mm -hmm. all of this is coming out at once. everywhere suddenly. Yeah. I was like, man, what happened to Sherlock Holmes? Like, I just like... (laughs) Yeah. I, I... I don't know. wondered if it became public domain at that time. Okay. Well. I feel like that's around the time that like steampunk and Victorian stuff really picked up speed in the that's mainstream. True. And this way, like the movies, the Sherlock movies with uh, Robert Downey Jr. had a lot of like that kind of Victorian steampunk feel now to them. Now that you say that, because that's also when Around the World in 80 Days came mm-hmm. out and it's also when... Kind of ish when the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen came out, yep, and they were trying to make Victorian, Victorian stories cool, mm-hmm. which you were so close <laughs> with so many things, Sorry, and then guys. it just was like, oh, not no, okay, yeah. So this was like a different twist on that because it's not Victorian England; Van it's Helsing. modern England. That was yeah, the other one. all that Victorian stuff, and I love Victorian British TV, Victorian British movies. Like I'm all about it. That is one of my favorite time periods. But I'm glad that Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman were not in Victorian England. It it wouldn't have been as good. I'm glad that they did something different. Yeah. But like updated it appropriately mm-hmm. instead of They didn't going just overboard. throw it out. Yeah. Like they didn't just throw out the rule book. They updated everything yeah and everything was like a nod to something that had happened before it's kind of like on angel how all the vampires wear long coats <laughs> instead of capes yes it's like a subtle update mm-hmm. but it's still but it's has, still there yeah it still has that like thread yeah and i like that i appreciate it mm-hmm. i feel like it comes from being a fan of your source material yeah and then but they still kept the deer stalker which <laughs> makes me so happy 
He looks good in it. You're Sherlock Holmes. Wear the damn hat. <laughs> Are you kidding? He looks good in everything. Anyway, that's besides the point. That's beside <clears> the point. <throat> Although I will say one quick note about costuming that I learned. Yeah. The costume people, like the, I forget their names, but like costumers. The who, yeah. The people <laughs> who like did all the wardrobe for the show. Uh, gave an interview, I think it was with GQ, okay, where they talked about him being like the new like geeky is sexy, and they were like now people are flooding to get like the skinny pants, the two button coats, the long coat, the skinny scarf, like the hat. It became like a hipster trend. It works because he was like the nerdy like sex symbol in Britain specifically. Oh, I'm sure. In London, like well, people wanted to look like him. The suit is like, it's it's just it fits him so well, mm-hmm. like personality wise and like physically, it fits him well. Mm-hmm. And I like that he didn't have a tie or a bow tie or anything because it's like kind of casual, but like not really. It's okay to be spiffy, gentlemen. <laughs> you can saying. be spiffy without being overdressed. It's okay. I support <laughs> you so much. Anyway. But yes, his he like has spawned so much in pop culture over the past seven years, particularly in London. I could see that. But you can see it here as well. Like he, you know, the the costumes, the um the sandwich shop that's next sandwich to shop. that's underneath. Oh, I was uh, like there was a guy to they were saying there was a guy at a sandwich <laughs> shop dressed like him. Okay. I mean I'm sure let's go get a sandwich. But um, the Speedy Sandwich Shop saw like a huge uptick in sales because they were the place underneath Two Twenty One Baby Baker I, Street. I mean, like it was it's crazy. Why not? How it affected like the ripples of it through pop culture was kind of nuts. Hmm. But I think that's cool. It just adds more coolness factor. I to hope it they have a me. sandwich called the Sherlock. Um, if or they something. don't, they totally <laughs> the should. They totally should. Yeah. But they were originally going to film on Baker Street, and then they were like, holy crap, there's a lot of Sherlock Holmes stuff on Baker Street. That's going to cost us a lot of money to change. Yeah. (laughs) So they were like, never mind. Let's go film it in, like, London and Cardiff, which is awesome. Yeah. I think that's really fun. But uh, did you have anything else? Oh, let's talk a little bit about casting. How the casting oh, happened. Yeah, it was reading about how they always envisioned Benedict Cumberbatch to be Sherlock. Of course. Um, I see it. After they saw him in Atonement. Mm-hmm. And I have a little note here called, uh, it says typecasting. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Which, I mean, not that he was that same guy in Atonement. Mm-hmm. He was a very different guy. Mm-hmm. Little, little super creepy man. <laughs> but um, I just have noticed especially in the last few years that Benedict Cumberbatch is always playing the super intelligent, Mm -hmm. socially awkward (laughs) dude. A little bit jerky. Yeah, because he was the same kind of kind of person not exactly the same person but same kind of dude in doctor strange oh yeah doctor strange and sherlock would get along right and then Mm -hmm. also the imitation game Mm -hmm. when he played alan turing oh he was so good in that i cried i cried I cried. I cried. Side note, all the tears if you yeah. haven't seen that movie. It's super good. But holy crap, did I Yeah, cry but a river. he was uh, essentially another Sherlock type mm-hmm. guy who Yeah, was like a pretty socially inventor, awkward. Very socially mm-hmm. awkward, very like set apart, like his intelligence and other things yeah. set him apart from the people around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, 
I don't think I've seen him in anything recently where he wasn't playing some super genius. Yeah, that's a good point. Just a thought. But they always knew that they were going to cast him, but the problem was finding Watson. How do you match Benedict Cumberbatch? That's a rough... You get Martin Freeman. I mean, obviously, yes. Good choice. Um, Pretty much the perfect choice. But as you already know, Matt Smith... (laughs) (laughs) Was going to be Watson, and then they were like, you know what, you're a little too um, yeah. hyperactive, let's call it. And so they cast him as the 11th Doctor on Doctor Who mm-hmm. instead, and they got Martin Freeman to play Watson. Such a better choice. I don't think I would have liked it. Yeah, it just doesn't work. And for me, one of the reasons I started to watch Sherlock was because it had Martin Freeman mm-hmm. in it, and I loved him so much. He's so funny. He comes with like a great fan base of his own. And Benedict Cumberbatch comes with a fan base of his own. And they combine the fan base of like The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. It was really very smart. It was was a fantastic choice. I think Martin Freeman was was the way to go. And it was like we were talking about earlier, the height difference. It's so cute. Well, it is. But it also just puts me to mind of like the, the Sherlock iteration that always stuck with me growing up was the great mouse detective yeah with the deer stalker and the the whole thing yeah but like the sherlock mouse basil (laughs) basil was taller and then the watson mouse whose name i don't remember (laughs) watson does it no i don't know i don't think so anyway he was all short and plump and they just like they have like a meme that's going around on pinterest and things it's like the basil and whatever the other mouse's name is and, and it's like a next to the picture of sherlock and watson and that's it's like cute. a perfect matchup that's cute it makes me nerd happy yeah well in a six foot tall matt smith and a six foot whatever benedict cumberbatch they look too similar they're both tall and gangly and have like all the hair you know so much like, hair they're just too be so alike. much product <laughs> around 221b baker street like they're too alike I think having Watson be yeah, a, good point. a different like physicality from mm-hmm. Sherlock was genius. It was just really smart. Yes. And Martin brings so much humanity to every role he like that I've ever seen him mm-hmm. in. I think it was a genius foil totally. for the sort of alienness of the initial Sherlock, especially like before they're really close and tight knit. Oh yeah. Like that butting up against each other was just a genius way to introduce basically they're opposites in mm-hmm. every way and it's adorable like i love it because it's so frustrating <laughs> for to both watson of and to holmes but in different ways like yeah. sherlock is frustrated because the humanity is like bugging him like oh would you just shut up already about like being a human and wanting a life and watson is just like really how dickish are you like how do you even get through a day without everyone wanting to slap you in the face which is pretty much how everybody feels about Sherlock yeah they all want to smack him upside the head and be like dude get a grip well yeah it's like uh, (laughs) when they're in a scandal in Belgravia and hit me in the face and he goes wait what did you say and he's like I said hit me in the face like oh I always hear hit me in the face when you talk (laughs) pretty much yeah just want to I make mean, sure you really so, said it this time. It's so true. Like, you do want to smack him in the face all the time. I do. In, like, a loving way, but in also, like, a get your shit together, mm-hmm. stop being so damn frustrating kind of way. Totally. So, uh, 
Any other pre-production stuff you wanted to mention? I loved the changes that they made specifically to Dr. Hooper. Yeah. I liked that they made her a woman. I thought that was really cool. I will get to it, but I don't love the choices that they made for Molly's character. But I like the initial decision to make her a woman. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. And then when they, well, we'll talk about it when they did The Abominable Bride and we were back in Victorian England, how they reinterpreted her being a woman was awesome. Mm-hmm. I freaking loved that. That was fabulous. I was like jumping up and down and squeeing when I realized what they were doing. I was like, oh, that's genius. So that was really awesome. I loved it. Good, good. Um, I don't think I have any other casting things okay. to talk about. Aside from just being like, well, wholly attractive men, like yeah. <laughs> every guy on I, the show. I watch for the plot. <clears throat> they, somehow managed, they somehow managed to um, get every attractive man in Britain to be on the show. I don't know. <laughs> Do you know, I did, I was creeping on the internet and before series four came out, there mm-hmm. had been a rumor going around that Tom Hiddleston was going to be the third Sherlock Holmes brother. I'm clutching my pearls right now because that would have killed me. I had about me. passed out when I saw that. <laughs> that like, would have killed Is this confirmed? <laughs> no. Season five. Just saying. <laughs> I, yeah. Their hope springs Bring eternal. on the Hiddleston. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway. I would so be down. Uh, the only other note that I had about like casting or pre-production stuff was that originally Stephen Moffat was going to play the third Holmes brother. Oh. And then they were like both creators. That would have been yeah. Weird. And he was going to be Sharonford mm-hmm. Holmes, and instead, spoilers, <laughs> uh, they turned Sharonford into Eurus, the sister, mm-hmm. which was another great gender twist. Yeah, really but they cool. Named the the prison that she was in was called Sharonford, mm. so they were throwing people off big time because. Mycroft was calling and saying, put me through to Sharonford. And all the people were like, oh, my God, he's calling the other brother. Tom Hiddleston. Oh, my God, Tom Hiddleston. Uh, no, he was. Sneaky bastards. Yeah, so. But I like that they do stuff like that because if you're a hardcore Sherlock mm-hmm. nerd, you still don't know what all is coming. Yeah, it like throws you off just enough to be like, there's a third sibling slash you assume it's a brother. And then yeah. they're like twist surprise yeah sucker punch it's actually a sister and i'm like oh and it's the <laughs> it's the therapist anyway i know i just mm, we will I, get there because i did not see that coming that was shocking i was literally sitting there in front of my tv with my mouth hanging open like a fish and i was just like what the like oh man they got me good it's so good they're evil like, geniuses people like you and i have seen so many movies and read so many books that it's most of the time, it's like, oh, it's that mm-hmm. guy. Like, totally I already guess know what's going to happen. But I can never guess what's happening on Sherlock, and that's why I love it so much. They are geniuses. They're they evil are. geniuses because, hi, Moffat totally. is an evil genius. But genius. They are so smart. Totally. So which one was your favorite episode, like, out of all the series? The Hounds of Baskerville was my favorite, How I think. Come? I loved the tone of it and, like, the moodiness of it. And mm-hmm. I love how they interpreted like the pre- previous incarnations of Sherlock. That was always like the horror story and like the Victorian, like Mary Shelley style episode movie. Yeah. Even the book was like that because it was published after 
Conan oh, Doyle killed off Sherlock. Mm-hmm. It was like a sort of a jump backwards in time. Um, so it always had that like creepy kind of air of death about it since its publication. And I think they interpreted that so beautifully for the episode. Like I loved the the creepy moors and like all the fog and just the way that they like recreated that and yet turned what was scary in Victorian times, which was like ghosts and spiritualism and all of that. They transformed it into like what's scary now? Government conspiracy, you know, like people drugging you without you knowing it. Um, secret genetic experiments, like glow in the dark rabbits and all of that. I want one of those <laughs> sidebar. Totally. But all of that like (laughs) translation of the source material into what it became and it actually being scary. Like I was legit scared during that episode. I was it creeped really mystified. As soon as Sherlock saw it too, I was like, wait, what the what? I was (laughs) expecting him to walk out there and be like, oh guys, it's this thing, it's a Mm -hmm. hologram, whatever. And then when he was freaking out and he was like, no, man, it's it's yes. fucking out there. I was like, oh, my God, what is happening? It was really scary. And I'm really glad that the end was not dogs painted with glow in the dark paint. It was super sad that like, Winston shot the dog, though. I know. That was that very was, dog was, death gets me. I don't like animals dying. No, that was a bummer. But. but it was a really, really good episode, and I think it still shines really bright for me as like a great example of the way that they attacked the series. Oh, yeah. Like, I think it is just a high point for me, and I really, really enjoyed it. It's also the first time we see Sherlock actually afraid. Like, he was legit scared. Well, and he was like high out of his mind, mm-hmm. And not in a good way. Not in like a way that he would prefer to be. Yeah. So I think that experience, like watching him experience a human emotion was really, really good. Like I I liked that whole episode start to finish, except for the dog. Yeah, that was, that that was, was the one that's part. What was your favorite episode? Pause and question. Man, that's a tough one because they're all so good. They are. I actually am trying to look at this and find one I don't really like. Mm. I mean, I guess the one that I would least like was The Abominable Bride, but... um, It was a very different episode. I'm trying to remember... Okay, because Series 4, I've only watched once. Mm -hmm. Me too. Um, And I was confused about it. And I was confused. (laughs) But I would say The Reichenbach Fall is my favorite. That was a really good one. But I also really like... I'm pretty sure it's The Lying Detective. That was the one with the... Um, is that the one where he's like, he's high out of his mind? And he... Th- yeah. And then he... Um, uh, Culverton Smith, mm-hmm. the TV personality, mm-hmm. is a serial killer. I thought that one was really good because he really wasn't sure if he was imagining things. Mm-hmm. And it was because he was, you know, all doped up. And like even Watson was like, yeah, okay, dude, whatever. <laughs> you crazy. And I'm pissed at you because my wife's dead and all these other things. Mm-hmm. I really feelings. liked that one because I felt like everything was so tense and I, you couldn't tell when <laughs> when the girl that he thought was Culverton Smith's daughter mm-hmm. showed up. And I was like, no, Faith. she was hella there. <laughs> I was talking to her and all this stuff. And then they were like, oh. She doesn't recognize him at all. I was like, what the fuck is is happening? happening? 
That was so good. It was so good. That was a really good episode. You're right. That was also. So, I mean, Reichenbach Fall was really good, but The Lying Detective was also really good. So I'm going to say those are tied for me. Plus, there was H.H. Holmes references in The Lying Detective. Uh Uh-huh. That just put the icing on the cake for you. Which was like, history nerd, (laughs) serial killer nerd. It checked all your boxes. That's a thing you shouldn't be a nerd for, but I have problems. But, um, yeah, no, I thought that was so interesting. And that dude who plays Culverton Smith just, like, took me back to the Hunger Games. So, because he was in the Hunger Games. So Wasn't he also in one of the Captain America movies, maybe? Not sure. I don't recall, but I do know that he was in the Hunger Games. He was one of the announcers. Mm -hmm. And he's so good at being so creepy. So creepy like oh my when God. they were in the hospital with the kids i was like oh like it was I know, actually I like the nurses me. were like hey man <laughs> could you like take it down or not and it was so terrifying like bone chilling terrifying when yeah. he would turn around and go how long have you been here and i was like oh oh i don't know what that means mm-hmm. but i am scared he creeped me out legit like he was gross in a whole Ugh. different, like, it's still, I'm just, it was, like, skin-crawlingly Well, and when you creepy. go, this is another Easter egg in the Six Thatchers, which is the first season, the first episode of Series 4. Mm-hmm. He's on a poster in the background on the bus. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And if you're a Doctor Who nerd, he reminded me a lot of their version of the Master in the reboot. John Sim. So creepy. Um, and they had a lot in common and in like a very disconcerting, like gross way. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, oh, why am I getting Doctor Who flashbacks to like the creepiest <laughs> Doctor Who villain like ever? Ugh, it was just very the whole like public personality, secret serial killer, crazy pants kind of dynamic, which they're so good at. Moffat just loves that. Hands down. Makes you wonder about him. (laughs) Hands down. Dude loves a serial killer hiding in plain sight in the public eye. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, that was a really good one. You're right. They're all good. They were all really good. What was your... Well, you said you didn't like The Abominable Bride. What about that one didn't jive I don't know. Just like taking it back to the Victorian times like threw me for a loop and I just... I don't know. It just didn't catch my fancy as much but there was there were things about it that you really liked right yeah i love the sister suffragette mm-hmm. subplot that that was like what was underneath all of these murders and like the bride metaphor was fabulous especially in victorian times like setting it actually in victorian times was awesome i loved that mm-hmm. and i loved that whole like women this is the only way that women can get justice is to, like, create this whole phantasm that, like, people will actually be afraid of because they ignore the women in their lives. I was like, dude, I don't know. It caught me in, like, a my heart place, and I liked it. I could Um, see that. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) And I liked how that was echoed by Molly Hooper being a woman in Victorian times who wanted to be a doctor. She had to give up her whole life and pretend to be a man. It just good times. It spoke to me, and I felt like those two pieces of plot went together really well. So I liked, I liked the girl powerness. I just have like so much feminist rage right now. <laughs> yeah, I like the girl powerness of that episode. I thought that's that's an excellent point. I thought that made it legit to me more than like the plot problems because there were obviously like 
yeah. shakiness. No, and I some liked weirdness. all that, and I did have some joy when they were doing sign language mm-hmm. um, because I studied sign language for a while. It's beautiful, <laughs> and obviously, there's British is different than American, right? American sign language is not universal. Everybody sign language has a different version in every country. This is your PSA for the day. That's my it's like different okay. languages. Yeah. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. and <laughs> but it, it had enough similarities to American sign language that I could still follow what they were saying. Yeah. So you liked I was that? Like, oh, I know what they're saying, <laughs> even with the subtitles on. <laughs> like, I don't need the subtitles. I still know, but. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. But I mean, just like overall, I don't know. Like, I guess that goes back to when we were saying, like, I don't think I would be as into it if it was mm-hmm. in the Victorian times as it is in modern times. But yeah. I did think it was interesting that he was having like a, like a dream or like a vision or whatever. It was a trip. Or like whatever was going <laughs> on there. Yeah. A trip. Mm-hmm. That's what they call it when you dream from drugs. <laughs> that's true, dude. Because that's totally what was happening. He was yeah. tripping out of his gourd. <laughs> nice sensor. I like it. Gourd. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Were there any episodes that you weren't so hot on? I think my least favorite. See, season. Three was a little bit rough for me in general because we shifted from like a buddy buddy story. We introduced Mary mm-hmm. as like a foil to their friendship because Sherlock was threatened by her and her relationship to John. And that I was a little bit like, uh, it was almost like a love triangle. And you know how I feel about love triangles. I do know. <laughs> so I feel the same way. It's unnecessary and it's. It's like the cheap version of creating conflict between your characters. Well, yeah. So I kind of felt like, okay, we're in for like a love triangle. And granted, it was a unconventional love triangle. But I was still kind of like, I felt like they were resting on that a little bit too much to create conflict between the characters. Yeah. And like eh. the everybody thinking that Sherlock and Watson mm-hmm. is a thing. And but then, then the like, creators are like, no, it's not. But then Benedict Cumberbatch comes out and he's like, well, I kind of thought he was a little bit gay. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm confused Can we just now. <laughs> make a choice and stop the speculation? Because yeah. like, if he's supposed to be in modern Britain, if he's gay, mm-hmm. just let him be gay. Yeah. But if that he's That could have actually been really cool. Yeah. I just... Uh, well, and in... Uh, study in pink when they're in the little diner and the guy thinks that they're on a date <laughs> and and Watson's like oh well like if you're if you're gay that's that's okay and he turns around he's like of course I know it's okay and it's like <laughs> so obviously if he was he wouldn't have a problem yeah. admitting it so I think he's more asexual than anything um, else that's the feeling that I get yeah. I think it's I can see him being bisexual, but I think, like, mostly he's just not interested. Mm -hmm. Like you said, he's asexual. He's just kind of like, well, I would rather go solve a mystery. And use my brain, like, use my mind rather than my body. Like, my body is just a vehicle for my mind. Which I also think is interesting because he's an addict. Mm -hmm. Or, excuse me, as he says, a user. but (laughs) A casual user. (laughs) But I've... Not that I'm an expert and I I have certainly have not studied addiction or anything like that, but I was always given to understand that like if you had 
like a chemical addiction, it was not so far of a stretch to say you might uh, abuse your sexuality a little yeah. bit because it's a natural, easy high. Mm-hmm. So I was always kind of like, huh, I'm kind of surprised he's not a hoe. <laughs> uh, or that he would at least not be interested in it enough to try it out and mm-hmm. see if he could get a high from it. I don't know. Yeah. But... I think it's just the way that they conceived of, like, that version of the character. Because now I haven't seen the Robert Downey Jr. version, but Mm -hmm. is he the same in that? Is he kind of, like, asexual in that? Yeah, I think so. It's a little more, like, Devil May Care-ish, like a little more Mm roguish of a... And a lot more drugs. Um, (laughs) So many drugs. But I think... I mean, and he does have like a little woohoo with like Irene Adler mm-hmm. in in those movies too. Right. Um, so I think that they're very similar in that way, but they both latch on to that like Irene Adler is the ideal woman for Sherlock. And Which I so, don't understand, but okay. <laughs> so I think they both like kind of hold her up in in both versions, both modern versions, if you will, as like a the woman, like literally, right, that's the what he calls woman her. Yeah, who would turn his head and like would get under his skin I mean, in that way. So is she a dominatrix in the? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> she okay. is a spy. Okay, I was just wondering because I have not read the story that she's in, and I didn't see the other version of the movie, so I was just wondering if like that was a thing. Yeah, in which case, whoa. Arthur no, <laughs> that's pretty scandalous. She's more um, of a like spy kind of like woman of mystery like a matahari type character so okay so since molly was not molly in the books or in other versions i can understand why obviously she wasn't like a a thing for him Mm -hmm. before but i just wonder like in comparison to molly who's obviously in love with sherlock and i my heart breaks for her repeatedly all the time i feel Um, so bad for her i like i got misty during the part when she gave him the Christmas gift. Yes. Oh, she's And I feel so heart. bad for her. She's I been, feel like we've all been in that boat. Mrs. Hudson just needs to slap him upside the head and be like, dude, she's good for you. Well, but I what I just put don't down the whip. Yeah. <laughs> what I don't understand is like, okay, so maybe Irene is more of your intellectual equal or whatever. Possibly, I guess. I don't know. Molly's super smart. But yeah, not, but that's, I guess that's my thing is like, okay, so what makes her so different? She's dangerous. Maybe. And untouchable. And so therefore. Because he can't read her? Therefore he can like put her up on a pedestal. I guess. Because she is untouchable to him. I'm just bummed out for Molly. I know. I don't agree. Like I, and I feel like it also borrows a lot from the modern trope of like super smart nerdy guy plus female dominatrix. Right. I feel like I see that a lot. Which I don't know I don't when that know. became a thing. Yeah. Why? <laughs> is that a thing? I need I, to find a super smart nerd guy and be like, excuse me. <laughs> Question. How do you feel about dominatrix? Is Tweet dominatrixes? us, men who are super smart and listen to this show. Please explain that. Because if it goes the other way, it's creepy. Well, you have the super smart woman and then like the... Yeah. Well, and maybe it's just that Dominant feeling. Man? I, don't I feel know. like psychologically it must tie into, tell me if I'm wrong, that feeling of like, I'm tired of being the smartest and therefore most powerful person in the room. So this is my release oh, valve for that. See that. Is like somebody else literally <sighs> and figuratively having power over me. Okay. I mean, that 
That's the only explanation yeah, I, I feel have. like I need to read a fucking psychology book about this, but <laughs> I just... Like, the surrender to someone with... Like, the giving up, voluntary giving up of the power that you wield yeah. all the time. That's a good point, I guess. You know, and in that consensual way, like, not in a creepy Fifty Shades of Grey way, because oh God, that is shit. not okay. Yeah, sorry if you like that, but no. It's not okay for myriads of reasons. Um... This is not that. This is like that I voluntarily submit with full knowledge and understanding that I am giving something up Mm -hmm. and therefore gaining something else. Yeah. And I feel like when you look at it from that point of view, it does make sense. Okay, but then why wouldn't just any dominatrix work? I I don't know. Because she's like the perfect combination of a dominatrix and like a spy. I guess. And therefore, she's super smart and she's like. She's got a cool phone. Really sneaky. <laughs> yeah, she has a cool phone. Um, she's super rich. I don't know. Uh, but I feel like that, like, she's very uh, attractive to him in an intellectual way and then attractive to him in like a sociological way. And that somehow mixes in his brain and is like, bing, now I'm suddenly interested in sex. Kind of. Kind of. Not even sort of. Not even super interested in that, but in the only way he could be. I mean <laughs> Which again know. sucks for Molly. Okay, so but here's my thing. I feel like I have to say this, but so here's my thing with Molly. I love Molly. And it's kind of a double edged sword though, because when you have the nice guy who's in love with the woman and then all that kind of stuff. It's not okay to expect something back because you've mm-hmm. been the nice guy the whole time. Like, being a nice guy totally. does not mean anything. So I'm also kind of like, Molly's so nice and she loves Sherlock so much, but that doesn't mean that she's... Yeah, it doesn't mean he owes her anything. He does not owe her anything. So I just I just feel like I had to get that out of the way. Yeah, no, that's a very but good point. I do feel bad for her because she's so genuinely in love with him and she mm-hmm. does try to date other people, you know, like Moriarty. A poor that a, thing. That was a bummer. Um, <laughs> he manipulated her, dude. I know, but she, but she tried to date other people, she did. and so she to me that shows on. that that was a genuine affection that she had for him. Mm-hmm. She and tries she, to be his friend. She yeah, tries she to never be there really for him. She, she doesn't pressure him. Yeah, she does not expect anything from him. She, you know, she just wants to go get a cup of coffee. Would you give her some goddamn <laughs> coffee? Anyway, bless her heart. Just have coffee with her, just, Sherlock. Okay. Share a bag of potato chips. I don't even care at this point. Like they just call them crisps. Whatever. Across the pond. I'm sorry. I'm just really worked <laughs> up right now. But like I know that he doesn't owe her anything because she's the nice woman or whatever. Yeah. But it just it breaks my heart because she tries so hard. Mm-hmm. And, but then he and, goes, But then he like doesn't even shut it down really. Yeah. I, he I, leaves the door I, open mm, because ah. it's useful to him. And and also because he does share an, an affection for her in the only messed up way he can. So then I have to ask. How you feel about in the final problem, the room with the coffin in it, because I read some articles saying that that was like super mentally abusive to Molly, but also it was like an unnecessary plot device and just like a way to torture her for no reason. Yeah. Thoughts, feelings. I have two feelings about the females in the final problem. And uh, one of them is that the fact that he finds himself attracted and drawn to his own sister is gross. Well, yeah. (laughs) Okay, that's weird. But at the same time, she totally manipulated him into feeling that way. So it's gross on her. And he didn't 
know that that yeah. was his sister. Yeah. It's gross on her because she oh, knew. Oh, yeah. She's, gross on her. She's so gross. She's so Ooh. gross. <laughs> um, and then I feel like he was telling Molly the truth w- when he was in the room with the coffin. so far as much as he can feel love. Yeah, like he cares about her. He has affection for her. That does not translate to romantic love. That does not translate to sexual feelings. But he does hold a place in his heart for her. But it won't match how she feels about him. And in that sense, it was super fucking mean of Euros to set that up. Oh, yeah. She was... I'm not even mad at Sherlock about it. He was trying to save her life. Yeah. And it was totally her just being a manipulative horrible person well especially at the end when she was like i'm not gonna blow up her house she's in the middle of london Mm -hmm. it was just a way to fuck with him and that was so mean well yeah and then she even said something like wasn't it like uh how do you feel now that you've tortured molly Mm -hmm. hooper or something like that and i was just like that is so (laughs) oh so much rage (laughs) it's the evil genius of moffat because he subsumed what's normally his evil tinkering with his characters to make you cry and have all the feelings he subsumed it into her character i know but it just it made it so much worse that she was on the video screen i and didn't know it and she I was know. like crying and she didn't want to talk to sherlock and yeah and then she just showed up at the end well, and that was my other thing what and then <laughs> then we're like oh hey i what love happened? you and oh i love you too and Click. Cool. And then, yeah. And then I was like, <laughs> that kind of took me out of the episode a little bit. Cause I was like, wait, was that the end of the phone call? Like on the other end, Molly is like, sure, Sherlock, I guess I'll just go back to making breakfast. Like what? Yeah. And then like the next time they see each other, uh, that we see, does he roll up and go, so I said that because my sister's a bitch. Like, yeah. And I literally which case, have like the evidence that's to heart prove. shattering for Molly that he didn't. I mean, he meant it, but he didn't mean it kind of thing, but... I did it to save your life. Okay, so now we have to talk. So, so like, did you mean that? <laughs> I, yeah, I have a lot of uh, follow-up questions on how their interaction... But like you said, she's in the montage at the mm-hmm. end, and she's, like, showing up. Series 5. So... What the hell happened? Yeah, I'm curious, <laughs> because I feel like that was unresolved. And then... That, that final episode was just so... parts of it were good and other parts i was like wait what that was a little cliche that was a little predictable and also that one was just kind of weird that one was really really weird because i did kind of see her running the asylum oh that my croft is an idiot i wasn't (laughs) confirmed on it until john said stop and listening to the recording but I was like, this kind of reminds me of Stonehurst Asylum Mm -hmm. and other things like that where it's like, oh, I know how she got out and back in and nobody said anything. Because there's not even fucking glass there. Holy shit. That part did freak me out. She was like, there's nothing there. And I was like, oh. (laughs) She had a creep factor of like a million, which was brilliant because it makes her the very darkest part of Sherlock and Mycroft and like the way that their genius could totally be insanity. She was creepier to me than Moriarty was. Which is saying something. Yeah. Because he was creepy. Oh yeah. And them hanging out together unsupervised for five minutes. 
Yeah, Mycroft, that was a really <laughs> great idea. I like that he's like the quote unquote, he thinks he's the smart brother, but it's like, no, you're the idiot. He's an idiot. You're he's the a idiot. complete moron. Which is why he runs the government. Yeah. Oh, totally. Just mm-hmm. saying. But. Yep. He's completely inept at Yeah, no. He was the one everything. who <laughs> told Moriarty everything about Sherlock. Mm-hmm. And Watson figured it out. And he's like, dude, what is your what is your problem? He's like, oh, well, when I was trying to interrogate him, that was the only thing that would make him tell me stuff. And I was like, well, then I guess you don't need to know what he's thinking. Way to sell out your brother. Yeah. Dick. Yeah, man. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, it's my sister. So she gets a Christmas treat. No. And Mm-mm. it was like giving her a violin is one thing. <laughs> letting and her alone letting with a psycho. your brother's <laughs> arch nemesis into the compound to be unsupervised and talk with equally messed up sociopath, psychopath, whatever. Especially when you already know that she has a beef with Sherlock because she killed, she murdered someone because he wasn't paying enough attention to her. Yeah, and my thing is like also high. Sherlock has absolutely no way to know that his sister's coming because mm-hmm. he didn't even remember she existed. Wow, Mycroft, way to like <laughs> knock one <laughs> out of the park. Screw it up My and then God. add more layers of screwing up on top of your like screwing up. And I just, I did like though <sighs> in the final problem when they had to, when he had to shoot one of them. Or he was supposed to shoot one of them. Mycroft was instantly like, well, bye, Watson. And I was like, wow. Wow. But I feel like he did that to force Sherlock to stop and think. Well, right. But at the same time, I was like, my instant reaction was like, fuck you, Mycroft. Oh, yeah. I totally had that thought, too, where I was like, what a tool. And then I was like, wait a minute. He's actually a tool with a purpose. He's being a tool partially on purpose and partially to save his own skin so i felt like there was some depth there to his toolishness that i i appreciated as it went on i was like oh oh i see we're like vamping for time we're like making him stop and like outsmart without actually talking about it because they were being watched yeah so it was like they were having their own like secret sub conversation Mm -hmm. which made him a lot less of a dick and i yeah (laughs) that guy oh you know so Um, i I appreciated it from that totally angle however uh, mycroft is a dick he is (laughs) he totally is and the other thing that i kind of saw coming with the final problem episode was that Eurus was the little girl on the plane you saw that because I did not see that here's coming. the only reason i caught that man that plane it takes a long time to crash <laughs> good point like that's a good point she like calls and she's like oh everybody's unconscious and i'm all alone and okay first of all what happened on the plane that only one person is conscious the same thing that happened when Sherlock mm-hmm. drugged everybody at Christmas except for Watson. <laughs> okay. Suspension of disbelief. She's literally the only person conscious on the plane. Okay, fine. She's like 10 or 12 or whatever. You never see Eurus when the little girl's on the phone. True. And the other thing was like, that was all I could think was, man, this plane takes fucking <laughs> forever to crash because it's over the course of hours and hours. And I was like, the little girl said that she took off from somewhere in England and she's flying to somewhere else in England. Like, it's, it's not, not that, that big of a country. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think she's been in flight without having crashed for eight hours. Mm, good point. Even if the plane is on autopilot, mm. 
tell me they haven't like flown into the wrong air zone or whatever. And then the yeah the air traffic controller's like, "What the hell are you doing?" And yeah, it, and mm, I just saw that kind of coming. Yeah, no, um, I d- totally didn't see it. And I feel like now after you say that, I'm like, yeah, I totally should have seen that coming because I'm always the one that's like, they're never on screen together at the same time. We're like, she never talks to anyone else and never eats anything. So clearly she's not really there. Like, I'm always that person. Oh, yeah. Season six of Dexter called it. (laughs) Anyway, I missed it. And I think the reason that I missed it was intentional misdirection of the characters Mm -hmm. in panic mode. I was in panic mode. I was just like, yeah, oh my God, everything's falling apart, which is exactly what was happening to them and why they didn't catch it until Sherlock stopped and was like, wait a minute, there is no little girl, you manipulative bitch. Like, yeah, yeah, it was, um, it was an interesting episode. I liked the very ending of it when they were calling him the boys of Baker Street. Aw. I was like, oh, it was so cute. Guys, the, I was, with Rosie, tearing up a little bit at the when sherlock and your Eurus were playing violin together mm-hmm. in the asylum i don't know why that like got she me. doesn't talk anymore right <sighs> yeah but it just i don't know it was like maybe my sibling feelings got the best of me only or, child or like something i don't know but i had this like weird emotion that welled up in me as much as i was like god i hate her she's so fucking crazy and such a bitch then at the end, when he was like communing with his sister, I was kind of like, oh, they understand each other and they speak a language no one else speaks. And I was just, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, me. I don't get that. I, I'm, I'm an only, I'm, well, I'm an only child. I'm so weird. I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> like, I don't understand that. I don't know. At all. It's but like I mean, the... it must be nice to have that. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's sort of like their foible is their family. Mm-hmm. So Winchestery, um, <laughs> don't even go down you that know road. We were not getting through an episode of this God. podcast oh, without mentioning them, but we were so close. We were so close. I'm sorry, it was my fault. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, Francine. But I feel like that's Mycroft's weakness is family. Mm-hmm. Sherlock's weakness also turns out to be family. His is a little bit more extended, I think, than Mycroft. Mycroft mm-hmm. is like literal blood, like my blood, mm-hmm. and Sherlock is like. Watson is family, and Molly is family, and Mrs. Hudson is family. And Which is so precious. A little bit Lestrade. They're distant even, cousins. Even though he doesn't always know Lestrade's name. <laughs> he got it right at the end. I know, which made me happy. <laughs> I was like, oh, he called him Greg. How sweet. I like um, that in The Hounds of Baskerville when he was like, why are you calling yourself Greg? And he's like, because that's my name. And he's like, oh, that's, <clears throat> yeah. I feel like when he knows your name... And, like, actually acknowledges you, it means that you're important to him. Oh, yeah. So that was a turning point for Mm -hmm. him and Lestrade was, like, okay, yes, I see you. Yes, you are important. Mm -hmm. And they've had those moments of, like, getting closer. I really like Lestrade. He's a really good, like, he's, like, a just enough comedic. (laughs) And he's, like, just enough, like, the serious English cop Mm -hmm. that you want on your side when things go wrong. He's precious. And he goes to bat for them. Mm-hmm. When everyone else thinks they're oh, crazy. I was going to say, in the Reichenbach fall, when Moriarty gets Lestrade to doubt that Sherlock mm-hmm. is, like, for real, I was like, no! <laughs> betrayal! Oh, 
betrayal. My little Hufflepuff heart is breaking all over the place. <laughs> like you believe your friends no matter what. And then, yeah. But even when he was starting to doubt, I was like, no, you're tearing this all apart. <laughs> there's a lot of emotion. It's anyway. true. They definitely, there's a lot of, of deep emotional investment. Oh yeah. Throughout the series for different characters in different ways. I freaking love Mrs. Hudson. I love Mrs. Hudson. She is awesome. Married to a drug dealer. She's like mm. speeding through With London. her car. That was hilarious. When Watson asked to borrow her car, I just... I was dying. So funny. When we found out whose car it was, because I was like, oh shit, that's totally <laughs> Sherlock, like tearing it up through London to get to Watson. And then it was her. With... That was hilarious. With Sherlock in the trunk. <laughs> that... that Awesome. Made me so happy when they showed how so she good. like knocked his ass out. Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, yeah, she's badass. She is awesome. She's the glue that holds the whole show together. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't remember what episode it is. I think it's a scandal in Milgravia, but I could be wrong. When Mrs. Hudson gets hurt. And, yes, um, and John like runs to go and save her because she like well, got shot well, or whatever. Yeah, and then they're down there in the kitchen, and and Watson's like, "Oh, if you need to go, like, stay somewhere else for the night." And then Sherlock says, um, "Are you kidding? Send Miss Hudson away. Then England would fall." And I <laughs> bawled my eyes out. Aww. I just was like, "I can't." I get really emotional over weird stuff, <laughs> but um, yeah, so. Uh, we're almost at the hour mark, and I, I want to keep so, talking. I have so many more feelings. Should um, we go over an hour a little bit? Do we we want to do I that. I think let's yeah, just not, let's keep chatting. Too much. Let's not too much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're listening to a podcast. You really have anything important to do? Yeah. yeah. If you need to do something else, pause, pause now. This is about the hour mark where we would pause. normally end, go and get, then come back. Go get your snack. Take a bathroom break. <laughs> have a drink of water. We'll be waiting. Intermission. Okay. Okay. Anyway, back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I'm trying to think. I'm looking at these episodes. Okay. So, upon my rewatch, I got up to the empty hearse. Okay. And so I'm a little shaky on the sign of three, but I do remember that was the one where Watson and Mary got married. Mm -hmm. And then I think we also discussed that that was when they had the bachelor party. Yes, in one of the flashbacks. Yeah. We see them like. And I remember the first time I watched it, I was so thrown off by like drunk Sherlock and Watson <laughs> I thought they were hilarious I mean it was but it was just like so uncharacteristic for the show that I was like what's happening here and but if you watch the Hillywood show on YouTube not, but I know you're a big fan they do the Sherlock parody mm -hmm. and that part where they're cluing for looks I just about pass out <laughs> laughing every time you got to watch that. It's I, so good. I really good. should. I've seen the still shots mm -hmm. of her with the Cumberbatch hair. She looks. And it's brilliant. Oh, oh, yeah. She looks so good. It's And they have Stephen Moffat in it. Mm, okay. I have and to I, watch I think it's Mark Gaddis, but I can't mm. tell because it's like a profile and he's like dancing. Oh, that's totally him. He's such a good. I think it could be him. It's just as soon as you were like in profile and dancing, I'm like, yep. Yeah, but That's it's him. it's Macklemore <laughs> song that they're doing. Um, oh, fuck, what's the one they played it all the time at the antique shop that I worked at? It's it's a uh, oh, I have no idea. Oh, 
Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> Whatever song, it's it's like a Macklemore song. I just can't remember the name of what it originally was, but they're making fun of Sherlock, and it's like the best thing ever, but they do a lot of stuff from when they're drunk. Mm. It's the best. <laughs> There's a lot of dancing next to a pool. It's fantastic. Can we talk about pools for a moment, yes, actually? let's that do that. That is a good point. Um, okay, so I caught it because I'm... Like, I was upset that I didn't catch it previously. Okay. But during the final problem, when they, when Sherlock is like realizing that it wasn't the dog, I'm so glad. Redbeard. The dog, I know. (gasps) I mean, it's still really sad about the kid, but the dog. (laughs) I like, that's actually what I turned to my husband and I said, I was like, okay, now that I know that it was a kid and not a dog, I'm strangely more okay with the murder. And he was like, you have problems. No, I <laughs> I get it. Because, like, I mean, you definitely shouldn't be killing kids. No. Especially shouldn't... children killing children. Yeah, that's, like, bad news bears. That's, like, omen shit right yeah. there. But it's not okay. To me, it's, like, the dog is innocent and trusting. And I'm, like. And if it was the family dog, I. Mm. <sighs> like, animal abuse sends me over the edge where it's, like, how could you do that to something that's so mm-hmm. innocent and trusts you even more than a so sibling. much. Yeah. Um, no drowning the dog. So I was really yeah, glad no. when it wasn't the dog. Even though in it not being the dog, it was a child. Um, yeah. We're strange. But. Anyway. <laughs> when he was realizing that water was a theme in like the whole manipulation the whole time. Because we watched, like, then we flash back oh. to the pool, and we flash back to the well, and we flash back to the beach, and the ocean, and the water. And I was like, holy shit. Moffat is an evil genius. because he wanted to be a pirate. Yeah, it was uh, the whole thing, the whole time. The Reichenbach Falls, like, the when he was in his mind palace, and they were next to the actual, like, waterfall Uh which is what happens in the original books moriarty and sherlock fall over the actual reichenbach falls in switzerland yeah and that's what kills them quote unquote unquote. (laughs) um kill and i was just like wow there was so much water that i totally didn't pick up on until she said it until they were like water is the theme yeah it flew by like super fast but i was like oh genius Lit major fail. Totally womp, womp. worth it to go back and watch it again now that you know. Oh, I'm going to keep rewatching. Me too. Because I'm halfway through The Empty Hearse. So I have the rest of Series 3, The Abominable Bride, and Series 4. Mm-hmm. And they're, and like, but in Series 4, The Six Thatchers, I was so confused See? by the thing with Mary. Yes. And that to me. To me, that's the weakest portion of the story throughout the series. Yeah, how she's like a... Is her backstory. Assassin, mm-hmm. she's military... Like part off. of a super secret, yeah, like group of assassins. Yeah, and then I guess maybe I'm not super good with the math, <laughs> but Agra spelled out their initials. Yes. I, I only counted three people dead. There was including one... Including Mary. There was apparently I one other person. Somebody. There was a, like one point. I think it's like a throwaway. They mention it, which made me think maybe it was going to come back later, and then it never really did. Okay. And I was sort of like, okay. Yeah. See, I got to rewatch that because I was like, I don't. I missed something, so I went yeah. back and I was like, maybe I missed something in series three. So yeah, uh, we'll see. But, we see um, the the 
jump drive, the flash drive, right. the first time at the end of series three. Right. But she lies even about it then. Like She she's, lies about lying. I know. She lies about her lies. And I, mm, I understand wanting to give Watson a different story. And I understand like wanting to flesh out the rest of the relationships like outside of Sherlock and Watson and like the main character and making Molly a woman and then having like Molly and Mary and Mrs. Hudson be like very strong female presences was great. Mary lying to John pissed me off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like she continued to lie to him over and over and over again. Yeah. Like it was just lies upon lies stuffed inside other lies. And I was like, girl, stop it. And it wasn't even until she was dead that they found out like just how many lies upon lies there were. Yeah. And that kind of pissed me off. No, it uh, rightfully so. So I have a little bit of a beef with Mary's character. Mm -hmm. She's not likable to me from that perspective. And I want to like her, but I don't. And that Mm -hmm. kind of annoys me. Feelings. I have feelings. On the Mary note, Mm -hmm. how do we feel about John? Quote, unquote, text cheating. Okay. (laughs) This is a slippery slope. I know. I have mixed emotions. I want to get your take on this because because I feel so conflicted. He said that he cheated, but then he turned around and said that they'd never slept together or anything. He text cheated. He emotionally so cheated. So he emotionally cheated, which is not cool. That's not okay. And I understand where he would feel like that was a betrayal and therefore yeah, cheating. because he's waving his little Hufflepuff flag. I know. Like, so like it definitely what to him it was cheating. It was okay. Let me see if I can remember this right. It wasn't Eurus, though. It was, but there was a different girl at another point, wasn't there? No, it was her. Why did I think there was another? Because okay. he met her on the bus. Okay, this is because I only saw it the one yeah, time. Yeah, no, but I, um, I had to go back and like. I knew that she was the girl on the bus, but for some reason, I thought there was a different woman that he was texting at some point. I don't think so. I think it was all her. Because she gave him, okay, uh, she is a something. manipulative bitch. Well, yeah, <laughs> no doubt, no argument here. However, their relationship was broken enough that he could be seduced by her manipulation. True. Which hurts me in my heart place but for I also, Watson, not well, for her. Yeah, because I was going <laughs> to say, like, not that it makes it right on any level. Mm-mm. But I can understand when you shut down and you lie to your husband about everything all the and time. he doesn't even know who you are. I'm sure that maybe the temptation was real to be like, I just not even going to follow through on anything. And he even said we didn't talk about anything mm-hmm. deep or whatever. We talked about like football teams. I don't know whatever they talked about. But yeah. it wasn't anything meaningful. It was just But he about- still felt that. Mm-hmm. And it was about her – See, I just I have so many feels for John now because he got seduced into cheating, quote unquote, because of lies. Mm-hmm. And then that was him being lied to. Yeah. Again. This poor guy. Oh, I just I have so many like feelings for him. Yeah, I don't. Poor uh, little nugget. I just feel so Poor little nugget. <laughs> uh, I don't know that I would call that 
cheating cheating um i mean it's certainly not wonderful but yeah yeah and it, just just the part where he feels bad and the part that he says we didn't talk about anything meaningful then it's like okay so then you made a friend on the bus okay yeah. that doesn't bother me personally but it was an emotional touch for him because for him he viewed it as we're not talking about anything in depth we're talking about just life and things mm-hmm. or like what's on sale at the grocery store i don't know the fact that you feel guilty means that it meant something but mm-hmm. when you you're lied to all the time and then she's paying all the attention to the baby and all this other stuff so you feel ignored mm-hmm. it's a gray area to yeah. me well and the fact that he hid it tells you oh, that, the fact he that he thought he it was it. wrong yeah. And he was, like, getting up in the middle of the night and, like, leaving their bed to, like, mm, I don't know. It had a lot of, I felt betrayed by John. I did. I was like, how dare you? And then I was like, wait, I see how you could dare. However, you were supposed to be the moral compass here. Yeah. And she, you, Euros compromised the moral compass of the show. Mm-hmm. which was so messed up <laughs> kind of sort of related i did have a major problem with watson and i wanted to slap the shit out of him when he blamed sherlock for mary's death yes she jumped in front of that gun and i was like yeah dude she jumped in front of the she bullet did. like yeah why are you taking that on sherlock i mean she was there voluntarily mm-hmm. he didn't drag her there nope and she jumped in front of him and he felt bad mm-hmm. sherlock felt bad yeah and you were just like oh my god this is all sherlock's we can't fault be friends yeah i hate you i hate everything i'm going to let molly babysit the kid and i'm going on vacation like that and then just the way he was talking to sherlock afterwards i was like hey man i know that your your wife died and you're grieving and that's awful especially with a new kid but why are you taking it out so much on him? Because he was just standing there. Mm-hmm. And love triangle. It's all an effect of the stupid I, love triangle. Oh my God. No. <laughs> it's, it's bromance. Okay. It still counts. <laughs> okay, whatever. But um, I had a problem with him during that episode where I was yeah. like, hey, you know, it's okay to be upset at him for like five seconds. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, well, she wouldn't have been here. If you weren't a detective and all this other stuff, but like, he, your wife still lied to you and then like showed up where she wasn't supposed to be yeah. and got shot. And she jumped in front of him. He wasn't like pushed her in the way of the bullet. Like it wasn't, he didn't shoot her. Yeah. I just, I was really kind of disappointed with that, but they, they got over it. They did. They've mended their fence. They did. And now they can move forward without the love triangle which makes me kind of happy <laughs> like you mean sherlock and watson uh-huh. together well like, no n- like like now in they the way miss hudson like, thinks they're together yeah. <laughs> like now they can be devoted to each other not in a <laughs> i'm just <laughs> looking at you like i don't even know what to say no to like in a bestie way because yeah. there's like in a weird way sherlock got what got his like life partner back yeah even though they still have a baby, and oh my gosh, do I want to see them raise oh that my baby? God. 
I laughed so hard when <laughs> Sherlock was like talking to Rosie. <laughs> I so want more of them raising this child. Just Sherlock around a kid is gold. Because that is hilarious. Like, I so want them. And I want Mrs. Hudson to be like, what? Uh, please, let me take this child for a little while. Because y'all are going to screw her up really bad. Oh, I know. Like, I so want that to be the dynamic of, like, three men and a baby. I love that movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. I so want that to happen. God, Series hap- five. Whatever happened to Steve Gutenberg? Hmm. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> like... Uh, Mm, yeah that would be very interesting oh man it would be so funny like them putting little bows in her hair and like dressing her up and like oh it would be so cute (sighs) guys i just really want that to happen christmas special 2019 because let's face it it's gonna be like forever Um, (laughs) yeah well i mean i know they've got all those commitments to the marvel universe and stuff now it's true why they have to get all popular and stuff? So stupid. Because they're good at their jobs. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Not to the detriment of Sherlock. You have to pick one fandom to be in. No. It's true. If I can yeah. say one last thing. You can. I weirdly loved Moriarty. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Like in a creepy way. Like I... Like you were villain crushing on like him? Like I was villain crushing on him. I was like, he's so damn crazy. But I kind of like him. It was so wrong. It made me question all my life choices. And I was just like, why do I feel this? Granted, he's very cute. He is. The actor is very attractive. So that automatically is going to make me be like, hello, you're attractive. He's a little stud muffin. But his insanity was like so crazy, like so over the top nuts that yeah. I was like, you're a crazy genius, and I love you for your commitment to your insanity. Oh, I know. I <laughs> I love when the villains are likable, mm-hmm. kind of like Crowley. But <laughs> there we go again. <laughs> but um, my favorite thing about Moriarty was when they were in uh, the pool area, and his cell phone went off, and it was the Bee Gees. <laughs> and, I was sh- and, and he just, like, looks... <laughs> He just keeps staring at Sherlock, and Sherlock is like, "Do you? Does anybody else hear that?" And he's like, "Oh, can I get that?" And he's like apologizing, and he's like, "One second. And he's like on his cell phone, and he's fabulous. I don't know why I loved that so he's much. Likable, yeah, he is in he a is. really weird way. He's a little jokery. Oh yeah, like he has a lot of that. Like I just want to cause chaos, and like it's fun." To just watch people tear themselves apart because they're weak. Well, I love that he's the dark foil of Sherlock because he even says, I'm bored. And it's like, oh, <laughs> Sherlock gets weird when he's bored. Mm-hmm. He just chooses, you know, cocaine and shooting holes in the wall. For now. For now. Moriarty is like, I'm going to shut down the Bank of England and steal the crown jewels and release when all the prisoners. When he was wearing the crown jewels and sitting on the throne in the Tower of London... I legit was giggling like a maniac. I was like, he is so funny. I loved it. And I kind of hoped he wasn't dead. I I thought he had somehow faked it. Me but too. I guess not. It's hard to fake yourself shooting yourself in the face. Well, if anybody could do it. That's kind of a difficult thing to fake. But yeah, if anybody can do it, it would be Moriarty. 
Sherlock thought it was Moriarty had faked it in the whole like, you know, how do you shoot yourself in the face and survive hallucination Mm -hmm. moment. Um, So he even thought that he was capable of it. And it's weird that he like lived on through Euros because we still saw him in like all the videos and we saw them like we saw her using Moriarty to taunt Sherlock and Mycroft to some extent. Sorry, I was remembering (laughs) Sherlock and Watson taunting Mycroft. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But like I I liked that his presence was still felt, Mm -hmm. but I really liked him as a character. Like I he was an amazing him. villain. I enjoyed him as a villain. He was because he's the the scariest of the scary. When it's like I'm just here to fuck shit up for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like it makes said, him like the totally Joker, totally unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Like the thing that he wants to do is just cause chaos, and there is nothing that you can do back to him. Not really. No, I feel like Sherlock did a pretty good job of throwing him off balance by like not by refusing to play. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing that really pissed him off was, like, non-participation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because of his, like, fixation. Like, if you just kind of ignore the yeah. bully, the bully gets more and more and more ridiculous because he's like, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. But I I liked him as a crazy I shan't judge. Force of chaos. I was like, I kind of, like, want to hang out with you and, like... I liked his little Irish accent. <laughs> he was adorable. He was just adorable. And I just, I was also fascinated by how duplicitous he was with like when he pretended to be uh, Richard Jim. Brooke. Oh, Richard Brooke, the actor. Yeah. And he was like, no, no, don't hurt me. And he looks so scared. But then when that woman turns her back, mm-hmm. he like smirks at Sherlock. And I was like, you little fucking <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> like, he was so good at being so evil. And there were so many layers to his evil, which I feel like mirrors Euros. That's why they were like able to have a five minute conversation and like figure out that they were soulmates or whatever. <laughs> P.S. Series five, if it happens, I feel like there's a possibility of a love child. I mean, maybe, but a even Moriarty even if love child, even if you'd have to fast forward like twenty years, you know? Yeah. Hey, it could be I mean, twenty years. It could be before. twenty years before season five comes out. Just saying. Or series um, five. But me. I feel like I feel like we could have an evil baby on our hands. Hmm. Maybe it'll hang out with the Lucifer baby from Supernatural, <laughs> and then uh, what was the other? Wasn't there? Is there some other show right now that has like an evil baby on it? Another evil baby? I feel like there was because I was like, huh? There's like a lot of evil babies going around. Lots of antichrists. I wonder why. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what could that have to do with current events? Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Did you see that thing where they thought Culverton Smith was, like, supposed to be a Donald Trump? <gasps> I totally buy that. But, 100%. well, that's how Americans took it. But I mm. guess, like, he's actually based off some British TV personality that I'd never heard of. Same problem. Yeah, well, same <laughs> same thing. Britain is just smarter than the U.S., Although well, you Brexit. know, and it's gonna and it's gonna get worse with all the other things going on. But anyway, this is not a political podcast. Um, Do you have any wrap up feelings on Sherlock? Any any things you you would like to communicate that we have not already communicated? Um, I 
I really like the show, but I don't want to hang out with him. Hmm. Like, I don't want to actually know Sherlock, you know? It's like Sheldon. I could... I, I, it's funny because he's on my TV, but if I actually had to talk to him, I'd probably slap the crap out of him. Yeah. Pull a Molly. <laughs> slap him three <laughs> times across the face. You're like, why? Don't throw away this gift. <laughs> Just um, why? Just all of you. Why? I appreciate overall in general of the character Sherlock how realistic he is in the way that yeah he's like crazy smart in a way that I can't understand Mm -hmm. I couldn't keep up with him remotely I'm with Watson I'm like I don't know like uh yeah so what do we do so yeah um but that he has these faults Mm -hmm. of addiction which would be realistic for somebody with that personality and Sheldon also, is a secret cokehead. It's true. Oh no, he's addicted to something else. I thought. Uh, oh, I don't even. It's like a. It's like a joke thing, though. It's like Coca Cola or whatever. Mm. It's not like an actual addiction. But um, although you can actually be addicted to Coca Cola. But anyway, sidebar. <laughs> um, also, that he is aware that he's, and he, he tries sometimes to be better. Mm-hmm. But I think he really like says it during his uh, best man speech, which the was worst best man speech ever. I was gonna say, but it was also <laughs> the best worst speech. Oh my God, if I was one of the people getting married, I would be so mad. Well, yeah, but then I mean, it was so like, what the fuck is wrong with him? And then all of a sudden, it was like he said, and because I'm the rudest most awful person here and I can't see beauty and I can't see this. I cried a little. I did too. I got a little misty And he's like, I would never understand why you would want me to be the best man but you asked me to and I know that that means something and I was like, oh my god! (laughs) So I like that he is definitely with fault Mm -hmm. because it would be so easy to create a character like him and not have him be at fault. Yeah. Thank you, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Oh, I know. You're a freaking genius because you mm-hmm. created this like amazing character that still has ripples and still has like something to say in the modern yeah. world now, which is mm-hmm. awesome. I well, love that. Yeah. And I love that when he goes unsupervised and he's bored, look at how far he falls down the drug oh, yeah. thing. Like when he didn't have his little buddy. He literally had a meth lab in his kitchen. (laughs) Yeah. Like, whoa. Yeah. Pump the brakes. You are self-destructive. Yeah. And they were telling him he had six months to live or whatever, and he just didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, because he was bored. And I guess, you know, that would be the flip side of having a mind that worked so quickly. You're going to get bored really easy. Mm Mm-hmm. So... I I particularly like that about his character is that he's kind of self-destructive. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think overall, like, I love the show. I wish oh, there yeah. was more of it. Hope I wish they would eternal. hurry up and make series five. Come on. And, like, give it to us next year instead of two well, years, three years between seasons. There's not a Doctor Strange no, but I Wait, think he's going to be in Infinity, Infinity War? War, I believe. Or at least in Thor, because we saw the post credit right. sequence where he was hanging out with Thor. Yeah, so okay, he's so there could be another, but that would probably come out in 2018. Oh, at I least. Don't know. I'm saying 2019. 
conservatively. <gasps> I know. Seems I know. so far away. Because this is 2017 right now, and it's been an average of two years, except for between, not counting the Christmas special, there were three years between series three and series four. And if we count the Christmas special, there were two years between series three and the Christmas special, and then we only had to wait one year between the Christmas special Just and series year. four. So... The fandom of patience. Oh, I know. It's the fandom of aging before your character's age. Like, oh my God, we're all going to be 90 and Sherlock's going to be like, Supernatural season 27, Sherlock season five. Like, it's, <laughs> it's good. That that's point. totally how it's going to be. So, okay. Well, do we have anything else that we want to say about this? I don't I mean, think so. I could talk could forever. All day, it's a great essentially, series. Essentially, we love it. Essentially, we love it. You need to go watch it if you haven't already. Yes. If you um, haven't watched it, watch it. Then rewatch it because you will catch so much on the second oh, watch that you yeah. missed on the first this is watch. My third or fourth time all the way through, and I'm catching all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. Even just like little backhanded comments that they make at each other that don't have anything to do with the plot. They just talk so much and so quickly. It's mm -hmm. very British that way. Mm -hmm. You can miss a lot of it. And then you go back and you watch it again and you're like, ah, that was really funny. Yeah. Tis there's delightful. a lot. It is packed chock full of goodness. Totally. Um, so and also we love Benedict Cumberbatch and <sighs> Freeman. So. Those cheekbones. I don't, it's magic. It's not fair is what it is. Well, and I got a thing for curly hair. So I know that he's naturally blonde, but when he does that dark curly hair for Sherlock, I'm like, just everybody out of the way um, I, his eyebrows make me really envious too he has his great eyebrows? eyebrows go back okay watch the eyebrows moral of the story good show francine likes eyebrows his eyebrows are fabulous they are gorgeous i love them um so next week we are going to be talking about fictional science yay that's what the third episode yes it will be yeah. our third installment of fictional science uh, we'll be talking about paranormal science. Yeah, buddy. So get ready for that. Lots of Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, Supernatural. Um, trying to think of something else. Many, 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 many things. things. Many things. Um, so that is going to be coming up next week. If you have some feelings on Sherlock, favorite and episodes. Who wouldn't? Who doesn't? Uh, tweet us at Ladies Nerditude on Twitter. Find us on our Facebook page, Ladies of Nerditude. Uh, we also have an Instagram. I don't know if you can Instagram us. You're you can comment on a picture, <laughs> but I haven't posted anything in a while, so no. Okay. Twitter, um, email, Twitter, Facebook. and our email is uh, ladiesofnerditude at gmail.com. Or if you know us, text us. Text us. Talk to us at work. That I know are listening to this episode specifically. Colin, you can text me your <laughs> feelings, and I will, yeah. Justin. You want to know... Yep. We want to know how you feel about Sherlock because there's a lot to feel. Yeah. Um, this so. is a test, by the way. When I say your name on here <laughs> and you don't text me, I know you're not listening. Then anyway. you're in trouble. Yeah. Um, so. so we will see you all next week for fictional paranormal science. I'm very excited. Yeah. Until then, go watch some Sherlock because goodness knows we have a long time until series five if there is going to be one. So you got time. Watch it and then rewatch it. Do it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>